asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're asking the question, are experiences better than stuff? This is going to be a great episode. I'm going to tell you that right now. This is going to be a good episode because for, for us, I mean, this is a question we ask ourselves. And I think this is a question that a lot of our peers, a lot of folks in our generation, that they're wondering, you know, this is something we've heard that experiences are better than stuff. But this is something that we're going to dive into and, and hopefully we're going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, it's typically, I feel like at this point, it's stated in fact, like yeah. experiences are definitely better than stuff. And there can be some truth to that. But we're going to dive a little bit deeper and kind of do an analysis because it is worth bringing up. And I appreciate that you told everyone that this is going to be a good episode because it will be. It can be hit or miss, right? This show. So <laughs> It's good to be optimistic. And normally that's your role in our relationship. That's true. I'm sort of the Debbie Downer type of person, but... But yeah, regardless of which side of the fence you land on, whether you do side maybe a little more with stuff, whether you appreciate experiences more, we're going to talk about ways to do those things correctly. And as well as, you know, we're going to mention some sort of filters to look at purchases through in order for you to decide whether or not that that is going to be a wise move for you to make. So I'm excited to, to talk about this with you, my friend. Yeah, should be good, buddy. All right, before we get to that, though, I wanted to share a, a recent thing that happened in our household. And we had a minor fender bender the other day in our brand new to us. <laughs> 
<laughs> but really old minivan. And so... It, How old is that minivan again? Is it 16? Yeah, it's a 2006. No, so 14 years Four, old. I'm sorry, yeah. 14 years old. 14. So, I just like saying that because that's so freaking old and I love it. <laughs> like I'm not at all trying to hate on you. I think that it's the coolest thing that you guys are driving such an old vehicle because like we're going to discuss in this episode, it shines a light on the things that you value and the things that you don't value quite as much. Yeah. So, and, sorry and, for the distraction. There. No, no worries. <laughs> and and so I think, yeah, part of what also is nice about driving an older car is that when you do get dings or dents, it's just not nearly or as a big little of a fender deal. bender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. We got to scrape down the side, but it's a $5,000, 14 year old car. So we don't really care that much. Yeah. Uh, well, minivan, but okay. And so still a, still a bummer though. Yeah. How long had, had you guys had it? I think less than a week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm not going to uh, name names or anything, but one of the members of our family uh, was driving <laughs> who, this Who minivan. can drive? <laughs> yeah, who can drive? There's only two of us who can. And he or she, who will remain unnamed, was driving this minivan and accidentally scraped the side of a friend's car when he or she was dropping off the children <laughs> at a friend's house. And so this, you know, not really a big deal. Our friends were really cool about it. Obviously, we offered to pay for it to get fixed and they took it to a couple auto shops and it was a bummer because it's almost 800 bucks to, to repair this car. Ouch. We're not repairing our car because, you know, the scrape, whatever, who cares? But obviously paying to fix our friend's car. And even just, I wanted to talk about minor fender bender fixes and how you approach those. And I think most people instantly assume that they should be making an insurance claim when almost anything happens to their vehicle. Right. Folks are thinking something happened. I want to pay that hundred bucks and get it fixed. Yeah. Or my deductible is 500. This thing costs 800 bucks. Sweet. I'm coming out $300 ahead. Right. But that's just not the case. And so what we did was we you know, paid the bill in full and didn't involve insurance at all. And when you make an insurance claim, you're going to be paying increased rates typically for three years after, after the fact. And there are some insurers who do stuff like accident forgiveness, but typically on the whole, you're going to pay more for your insurance premiums every single month for three years to come by making that claim. At least, man. Yeah, and it's going to reflect poorly if you go shop around and try to go with another company. So these are the kind of things you want to take into consideration. And one thing I think is really important to mention here is that if people haven't looked at their deductible lately on their car insurance, they should strongly consider raising that deductible because what it does is it lowers your premiums, but it also makes you less likely to file a claim and the claims, it's insurance is, is what you want when you absolutely need it. It's not something that you want to use on a whim. Yeah, exactly. And you do want to make sure you have enough money set aside to cover that deductible. Yeah, you completely. Know, were the situation to arise. Well, Joel, you mentioned three years. Well, the, the reason I said, well, at least three years is because we were actually in a very similar situation five years ago. And that junk is still on our record. Maybe it's just uh, what our insurance provider, you know, is, is one of their things that they hang on to little fender benders like that in the neighborhood for that long. But this was a, an incident that required a little bit more money. And at the time, we kind of had a lot going on. We we're flipping and selling a house. We we're moving into another home at the, at the same time. And it was going to be a more expensive fix as well. And so in, in that case, we thought, you know what? I think this is a time when, when we are going to do insurance. But dude, in retrospect, I completely wish that we would have just handled it ourselves, right? Had we not involved insurance and paid person to person, we would have come out ahead for sure. And so, yeah, if, if you're in a small incident like that, hopefully you can be a little more cautious and be thoughtful as to the implications that that one little incident is going to have years down the road. Definitely three, maybe even five if you're with my carrier. 
yeah, five years, that's, that's even worse, right? You're, you're paying increased premiums for that long of a period. And depending on what insurer you're getting quotes from, they're seeing that on your clue report, which we've talked about on the show before. Oh, it's, it's been a minute. Yeah, but it's this essentially database for insurers to look at and they see the claims that you filed. So every claim that you file, I mean, it just goes against you. It hurts you when you're shopping your insurance around, which is something you should do you know, on the reg uh, in order to save money. So yeah, it was a bummer to kind of have that scrape to our new minivan. It was a bummer that that happened to our friends, but ultimately, you know what? Not that big of a deal when you can handle it yourself and leave insurance out of the equation so that you're not paying those increased premium for years to come. That's where it really stinks. Yeah, man, that is right. So let's go ahead and uh, introduce the beer that we're going to have on this episode. We are drinking Divided Sky, which is an IPA from Four Hands Brewery. And uh, a listener, Justin, sent this one to us. And he sent us a, a nice little note here as well. He said he's learned from the podcast that on one hand, money is not a scary or evil concept. And on the other hand, it's not the ultimate aspiration either. It's simply a tool to help unlock what you enjoy in life, such as freedom, convenience, adventure, and security. Man, what a great way to to think about money in the proper light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's exactly what we hope people take away, yeah. <laughs> right? We <laughs> want so them good. to know because so many people think it, money's evil, money's terrible, or money's scary. And yeah, it's not. It is a tool to be used well. And on the other hand, man, it's also something to not seek after, like you said as well. That's a path that we try to not go down when it comes to how we view money. It's important, but it's not something that we need to you know, seek with every fiber of our being. Yeah, obsess over for sure. We'll talk about this beer and our thoughts on it at the end of the show. Big thanks to Justin for sending it our way. But Matt, let's get on to the subject at hand. And today on the show, we're asking the question, are experiences better than stuff? And like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, that's a common question right now. But typically people come down, at least now, kind of on the side of experiences. It seems like, no duh, experiences are of course better than stuff. And I think part of that is this kind of backlash against of the prior generation that did seem to kind of fuel this consumeristic mind, mindset. And we live... Yeah, we're looking at you, Gen Xers. Yeah, <laughs> it's all your fault. Okay, boomer. We live in this consumeristic society. And most of us, we've grown up in this culture that equates buying things with greater levels of happiness. And that's kind of what we're reacting to. Studies show, though, that our increased overall societal wealth has led to less happiness and greater psychological turmoil. But 70% of the overall economy, Matt, is driven by consumer spending. So on the flip side, younger Americans seem to value experiences more than stuff. And I can understand why. But we have to ask the question, are experiences a better use of our money? Well, we definitely want to put our money towards things that we actually value and avoid spending mindlessly, right? That's a huge part of what we talk about on the show. But does that necessarily mean experiences provide a better return than just buying stuff? And in this conversation, we also have to address kind of our quest for happiness overall. Are we going to be able to find more happiness through greater spending on cool experiences or through buying nicer stuff? So we'll talk big picture and we'll also get into some practical ways that we can think through how we spend our money when we're talking about both of these things. Well, man, on the note of experiences, you and I were both fans of a great experience, right? I recently talked about my desire to hit up a uh, World Cup match on the show. Uh, World Cup's coming to North America, 2026. We got to make it happen. Got to be there. <laughs> but experiences, though, like they have trended in a consumeristic direction. And it feels like that they're going down a similar path as the stuff in our lives. It, it seems to me that folks are prioritizing travel and getting those likes on Instagram. Like, is it really for the experience or are you just basically trying to signal status like we once did with stuff? 
consistently buying new stuff that arrives on your doorstep the next day. Like That's not a great way to build your savings, of course. But the way that we talk about experiences has increasingly taken on some of the same characteristics of what we disliked about how we bought things. So should we value experiences more? Like That's the question that we need to ask ourselves. But part of the difficulty in tackling this topic is that it's hard to quantify an experience. Like, How do you determine a proper value? These are questions that each of us, like all of us individually, uh, that we'll need to ask ourselves as we spend money on the different fun stuff in our lives. Yeah, Matt, I definitely think there are some filters that can help us think through how we buy experiences, how we purchase stuff that can have a major influence on kind of the benefit that we get from both. And so we'll get into some of those things in just a second. But before we do, I wanted to ask you, we're human as well, right? And we make we make mistakes. We're not immune to the calls of like overspending and mindlessly buying a, a thing or an experience. So what are some of the ways that you're tempted to overconsume? And I won't just leave you out there <laughs> hanging to dry. I'll, I'll answer That's the same question, question too. Yeah. So like what, what is it that you struggle with? What's a way that you're tempted to kind of mindlessly purchase a stuff or an experience? Yeah. Like, well, I feel like Kate and I, we tend to be like minimalists, right? Like there's not a ton of stuff in our lives, but whatever it is that we do spend money on, we tend to spend a lot of money on it. Right. And so the first thing that came to my mind is, is our house. I mean, we live in a pretty expensive home and we recently finished a renovation to get it closer to how we can envision ourselves being here. And so we've been really mindful about it, but I guess what I'm realizing is the more time that I spend thinking about something or working on something, uh, I think the more I'm tempted to spend in that direction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, completely. And so it, like, it's almost, it's less of a category of items or a, a certain type of experience. You know, like broadly speaking, it's, it's almost as if like the more time and more proficient I become in a certain area and the more I get sort of sucked into that subculture, right? The subculture of, of home renovation. <laughs> and there's no end to what you could do. No, yeah. So it's, it's why there's shows all over TV oh, about oh, like flip this house. Really? And, I, don't, I haven't seen any I of think them. there's like multiple channels dedicated to <laughs> home renovation if you have cable. No, right? I know. My, my mom is obsessed with Chip and Joanna Gaines. Oh, she, and they're getting their own network now, which is insane. <laughs> so, there's already HGTV. So there's going to be more. Yo, there, there's a craze around it for sure. I know people make pilgrimages to where they're from. My mom might have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to share that, but yeah, no, I don't mind. I remember when, when you shared that with me, I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah. They're so into it. Literally, they stayed in one of the houses that Chip and Joanna renovated. And I'm sure they loved it. They had the best time ever. Exactly. Yeah. So in their case, that was an experience. But <laughs> yeah. It, and, and I think like, honestly, for them, it was a really meaningful experience. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But on that note, I think the same thing can be applied to anything I research and basically arm myself with knowledge. Right. And so I, I feel like I did something similar when it came to cargo bikes. Like I researched the heck out of it and I just got really into it. And so the more into something I get, because I have that knowledge, I kind of release myself from responsibility a little bit and I you tend to overspend. Loosen the purse strings because you felt like you knew more about it. I feel more comfortable with it yeah. and I therefore will spend more dollars. All right. So I think the way that we... Let I, me hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the way that we mess this up is we do prioritize a certain amount of eating out. And I think when we do it mindfully, it's really, really good. Like in particular, our date nights. I like going out and get some cheap tacos or some cheap barbecue or whatever, just mm. as much as the next person. Sounds good. But, you know, we also like going to an, a nicer place sometimes. And so we, we don't mind dropping that money on a, a decent meal out. But 
I think the problem can be for us where we end up spending mindlessly is when we're just not thoughtful about our food and we're last minute eating out or grabbing a pizza on a Friday night and dropping 20 bucks because we just didn't think ahead about dinner or gotcha. we didn't plan our meals accordingly. And, and that's, I have no problem spending money eating out when we're thoughtful about it. But I think when we do it in that way, that's 20 bucks that I have a hard time spending. And then it just right. feels like it was wasted. And it feels a little more reactive than something that you had set out to do. Yeah, exactly. If, yeah, because if it was Monday and you're looking ahead to the week and you said, you know what, Friday, Friday night, it's going to be pizza night. We're going to watch a movie. You know, it's going to be whatever, pizza and a movie night. That's a whole different thing than last minute being like, oh, let's just grab a quick pizza. Right. Yeah, I feel you. So yeah, that's at least one way in which I'm tempted to overspend and we do sometimes. And, and that's something that we need to be more intentional about. Uh, but Matt, we're talking about the difference between spending on experiences and stuff. And there is, I think, a right way and a wrong way to go about spending in both categories. And let's kind of get into those filters that we need to run through in order to make smart decisions when we're buying either. And we'll get to that right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. 
If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, Joel, we're back from the break. And it's good to mention too that we're not necessarily in favor of experiences over stuff or stuff even over experiences. I think there's ways though that we can approach both of those where we're kind of maximizing the enjoyment that we get out of them. And a lot of times what that involves is spending less money. Yeah, think of it like a deadlocked arm wrestling match, right? Experiences and stuff going at it, but they're both equally strong. And so neither of them wins. I don't know. I I think that's a good way to think of it. Man, you're just trying to find a way to throw an arm wrestling analogy in there because I know you love arm wrestling. Specifically, I remember like one of the first times we hung out, you kind of like challenged me into an arm wrestling match over a little argument we got uh, <laughs> that we were in over dinner. And you remember that? I probably used to do that more when I was younger. Like but... Pretty much anytime you're hanging out with folks, you're like, hey, you want to arm wrestle? <laughs> and it's not because you're jacked or anything. I don't know really why you wanted to arm wrestle everybody. Definitely not jacked. You're just looking to fight. Prove my manhood, you know? <laughs> Well, here's the thing, though. When it comes to experiences, they don't have to actually cost much or even any money at all. It could just be a a free arm wrestling match. (laughs) It shouldn't be about taking a vacation to Machu Picchu and getting that photo on top of that mountain. You know what I'm talking about. I do want to go there, by the way, at some point. Oh, me too, for sure. It looks amazing. Yeah, we're not anti-Machu Picchu, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and we like vacations, but we want to make sure that we're focusing as well on the day-to-day experiences, right? Like getting coffee with an old friend or even just waking up early to work out. That doesn't have to cost you any money to go for a run. But even to things like playing with your kids in the yard, right? Like these are all things that you can do for little to no money at all. And while we both like a nice trip or a nice vacation every now and then, man, we want to make sure that we are pushing back against the mindset of vacation envy, which can take hold of us, causing us to, to seek those different experiences for fulfillment. Yeah. And I think if we're trying to look through the lens, a proper filter for how we make decisions when we do decide to spend our money on an experience, one, it is looking at the free things in our life as beautiful experiences, because there are so many things that if we were to view it properly and to think about it well, we would notice that those experiences are rich and they're meaningful and they didn't cost any money. And I think the other thing too, when you're dropping money on an experience to make sure it has its full impact for you and that it is truly meaningful and that you feel like you got your money's worth, the important thing to do is to soak it in. Oftentimes, so much of the enjoyment that we receive from any type of experience, it's in the planning and the anticipation of that experience, especially if it's a trip or event, right? If you've got concert tickets for a show that's in three months and you buy them and you know you're going with a friend, you have the joy of being able to talk about it and get excited in the lead up to it. And then if and making sure that you know all the lyrics to all the songs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're playing that <laughs> that CD on repeat because people still listen to CDs, right? 
Oh, no, wait, no. Amazon Music, dog. <laughs> I think last year, actually, more records were sold than CDs, which is just funny. That I believe it, man. Records on the comeback. But yeah, and, and same thing with a trip, right? It, there's so much joy in the anticipation of that trip, uh, and especially if you're sharing it with someone else. But so much of the joy that you get from an experience is in the lead up. And then when you're in the experience, well, bask in the moment. This isn't the time to be checking your work email or to be on Instagram and see what others are up to. Matt, have you ever done that? Been on an awesome trip? flipped open Instagram at some point and you're like, oh man, other people are doing cool stuff. My trip doesn't seem nearly as cool. I feel like that is totally something that happens in our culture. It's something I've been susceptible to. I just don't want to do that. I want to be in the moment and I want to enjoy it to the fullest. And I think there are simple traps that we can fall into that can kind of cheapen our experience. And we don't want to do that. We want to fully enjoy it, right? Yeah, man, absolutely. Because I mean, just think about the memories that you're missing out on by being on your dumb phone, right? And then the, here, the other thing too is on the back end of it, like on the back end of the trip, even just reflecting and taking a second to appreciate like what you've done or what you've accomplished. Just like that idea of experience hopping, right? When you're going from one trip to the next where you're just constantly just kind of looking ahead to the next thing just to kind of check these boxes off your list. That is the, the sort of mindless consumption that we're trying to avoid. Yeah, experiences based on how you approach them can either be hyper meaningful or they can lose a lot of meaning. Ultimately, so much of it comes down to your approach and your ability to kind of soak it in and enjoy it. And I feel like this is a great argument too against experiences, right? Because just like we can, you know, we buy shoes or whatever it is that we, you know, we compulsively buy on Amazon and you know, we use them for a little bit, but then they just end up in our closet. It's so easy to do the same thing with trips. Like we, we can go on all these different trips and all these different vacations. And instead of enjoying them to the max and fully immersing ourselves, that trip can just get translated into just a few pictures on your phone that you you know you threw up on social media. I do kind of equate it to those you know different items that we might be tempted to purchase online, and we just end up tossing those items in the closet where we basically forget about them. Yeah, that definitely happens. All right, Matt, let's talk about how we approach buying stuff. And I think there are definitely some helpful approaches so that we can buy stuff the right way too. So I feel like in this conversation, right, we've already mentioned things they normally get a bad rap. But owning stuff isn't necessarily the problem. It's our approach to owning things. So how can we make purchasing stuff less of a negative in our lives? And I think there are a few ways we can do that. One is to just admit that sometimes there's stuff that we really appreciate. Like for me, I like having a lot of art on our walls. We've got a lot of pieces by local artists and that stuff, right? Costs money, but it's insanely meaningful to me. I see it every day. Matt, we ride bikes. Those bikes are super important to us. Yeah, I love my bike. Yeah, yeah, they're, <laughs> it's great. They have a lot of utility and we get a lot of joy out of them. So it's not the stuff that's inherently bad. And sometimes that becomes the mantra in this conversation. But it's important to figure out whether or not our purchases align with our values. And this is where like tracking our spending can be so helpful because it actually allows us to see where our money is going. And if we see where our money is going, we can actually look at the numbers and see whether those numbers reflect what we say our values are. And that's ultimately what we want for people, Matt, right? We want their money to be aligned with their values. And we're not all going to have the same values. But if you as an individual can line up your spending with your values and the stuff you buy is reflective of that, well, then you're not being a mindless consumer. You're being intentional about your choices. And the stuff that you're buying is in all likelihood going to hold a lot more meaning for you. Yeah, if you're going to buy stuff, you want to make sure that you're making the correct purchases, right? Something else to consider is let's talk about quality versus quantity. I think the aspect of buying stuff that leads to the most uh, psychological harm is our continual pursuit of more. Uh, if we can prioritize fewer, nicer things, 
then I think we'll be choosing stuff that we can appreciate more and have in our lives longer. I think that can allow us to avoid that perpetuation of consumerism. It's good not only for society, but our mindset as well. And so finding ways to you know purge stuff that we no longer want or need in our lives and then to appreciate and be thankful for what we currently have that is serving us well that can give us a better relationship to the things that we actually own. Yeah, Matt, in the, I didn't really watch the show and I haven't read any of her books, but I know about Marie Kondo and I know that every time she tells someone to, to give away an item, like when they're purging and they've got too much stuff, she tells you to, to thank the item, which, which is interesting, right? <laughs> and I think it does, like there's this psychological impact that it has on someone as they're releasing something and they're thanking it for its service. It, it, and I think if we almost need to do that with the stuff that we currently own to a certain extent, be thankful for it. And I'm, I don't want to get woo woo and weird, but just be thankful for the things that you actually currently have that you're using that are meaningful to you. And I think if we take that approach, we're less likely to be like, you know, I need more stuff we can appreciate the quality things that we buy. And this has been a huge shift for me because I used to be someone who was all about buying stuff cheaply, as inexpensively as possible and having more of it. And now I've kind of taken a huge 180 on this and I'm all about owning fewer things that I'm going to utilize the heck out of and that are going to be like super meaningful staples for me. Yeah, Minimalist Joel. That's going to be your new uh, your new podcast. I don't think minimalists have as much art <laughs> on the walls as I do, but uh, <laughs> That's probably true. yeah. So I'm definitely not a minimalist by any stretch of the imagination. But but it, it has been interesting to see that how it's changed my life and how it's changed my relationship to my stuff. Instead of having more stuff, it's like having the stuff that I actually appreciate. Yeah, it's better to have a few things that you really love than a bunch of stuff that you sort of like. Right, right. <laughs> and something else we've got to mention as well. If if you're looking to purchase some stuff. Don't forget to buy secondhand. The more that we can get our stuff used instead of brand new, obviously when you're buying something used, oftentimes it's going to cost you a lot less money. And on top of that, there's a good chance you can buy something that's higher quality for less money than you could buy something of lower quality just easily on the internet. Yeah. And, and even like if you're comparing apples to apples, like we needed to get a new high chair for our four month old son. We didn't have one from the previous kids. I'm not sure what we did with it. We probably sold it at a yard sale or something like that. <laughs> so we needed another one. And it would have been so easy for us just to do a, a quick purchase on Amazon. It is frictionless. Yeah. We found yeah. the high chair we wanted. It was 45 bucks. And then I said, you know what, Em? Let's take a quick look on Facebook yard sale. There are like eight people selling this exact same high chair. We found one right around the corner from us that was selling it for 10 bucks. And I think ultimately just the increased friction if you dedicate yourself to buying used, it can actually not only lower the price, but it makes you more intentional about the stuff that you actually do bring into your life. Because of the increased time and the nature of buying something used, typically it makes you think twice about whether you really need it. And so I don't know, that was the case for us. We took the approach to buy used as opposed to new. And it not only did it save us money, but I feel like it made us make a more thoughtful and intentional decision about bringing that new high chair into our lives in the first place. Yeah, certainly buying used and buying secondhand, it definitely kind of gums up the consumption gears a little bit. Something else, Joel, not being thoughtful with our stuff and our experiences, that can cause us to get caught up in the rat race. And, and what does this cause us to do, Joel? This causes us to overwork, right? We have to fund all these purchases that we're making. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to note, Matt. Like taking that approach of intentionality and in how we think about experiences and stuff and how we spend our money in regards to both Ultimately, it allows us to prioritize the things that truly matter and not be caught up in the rat race and be forced to work to pay for the things and experiences that didn't actually move the needle for us. And so that is an important part of this whole equation of spending mindfully. 
All right, Joel, we're going to take a quick break. But basically what we're talking about here is mindful spending, right? And uh, it, sometimes it can be difficult to figure out if you are spending mindfully. And so we're going to discuss a few sort of lenses that we can view our purchases through. And we're going to get to that next. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. 
and you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Matt, we're back from the break and we're asking the question today on the show, Our Experience is Better Than Stuff. And, you know, there are some lenses that we have to consider in order to make a wise decision in regards to both. And we discussed how experiences lose their value when we mindlessly spend on those experiences like we often do when we're buying stuff. So how do we make a good decision before we buy? Well, at the core of it, it's mindful spending. That's what we're looking to do. And that's crucial whether we're talking about either of these things, but aligning our spending with what we truly value is going to lead to a lot more happiness in our lives. And and that can be difficult to do. So let's specify a few of these lenses that really do help us make a more informed decision when we're thinking about purchasing either one. Yeah, I think the first thing that we need to do, man, is to look to others. Like what I'm talking about here are relationships. And so a question we should ask ourselves before spending money is, how can this item or how can this experience add value to our lives by deepening meaningful relationships? Uh, This is often a reason why our generation tends to value experiences over stuff because like we're often joining friends on these experiences, right? Like a vacation or a trip. But the same, I think, can be true of stuff as well. You know, you already mentioned bikes, but it's, it's one of our favorite things. It's something that can lead to countless free, right? Like quote unquote free experiences that can allow for a relationship to deepen. I also think of another friend of ours who he's really into pens and he... Which we tease him about a lot because <laughs> it's a goofy thing. To he be has into. really expensive fountain pens, all sorts of pens, but he goes to these different pen conventions and he's made a lot of friends. I think he's even gone on vacation, like on a trip with, with a friend that he met at a pen convention. <laughs> and so because of uh, this item, these, you know, the stuff that he purchases, his life is richer and better because of it. Yeah, he listens to podcasts about pens. Yeah, which I didn't know that. Truly exist, yeah. That's that's hardcore. I I know, I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're right. Bonding over something, even a material possession, uh, if you're into it enough, can lead to deeper relationships, man. I mean, we're super into money. We go to a money nerd conference every year, and we've got great relationships with, with so many people because of that, many of whom we've had as guests on the show. So although that's different, right? It's not the same thing as bonding over <laughs> pens. Um, it is just fascinating how you can bond with people over something like that. Yeah. And so in this case, it's not that he's necessarily gaining all of this value from that one specific object or the countless specific objects that he has because he has a bunch of pins. (laughs) But in this case, we're talking about relationship. And when you can see your network and your friendships develop and blossom and and see them spread because of an item, well, that's a serious benefit that's worth considering. Yeah, it's interesting how what started off as kind of an obsession with an item has turned into kind of like a hobby that... It's part of his life now. Yeah, expanded his relationships. (laughs) So yeah, another really important uh, filter or lens that we need to consider when we're making a purchase is the utility of it. We should really be considering what is the problem that we have in our lives that this purchase is going to solve. And this specific lens really mostly applies to buying stuff. But if you find yourself not really being able to come up with a real problem, then it's time to ask yourself, why do I want this thing? Why am I saying that I need this thing, but I can't even really identify why I need it. And in those situations, allow yourself to take some time and pause 
before you click to buy. It makes me think of like infomercials where they're trying to convince you that you have this problem in your life. But in reality, it's like, that's not a real problem I have. <laughs> yeah. And you have 29 minutes to call in order to get the deal. <laughs> Do those right even now. still exist? Those, uh, those infomercials? I don't know, but I, I, they got to exist in some way, form or fashion. Like somebody has to be selling the Ad Roller Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I completely remember in high school staying up late at night talking to my friends on the phone and we were totally watching infomercials just making fun of them are you or, serious oh yeah I mean, total oh, yeah. nerd <laughs> uh yeah i was into weird stuff back then <laughs> uh, but this totally makes me think matt of a purchase that i made recently there's this really really cool backpack that i was really excited about but it wasn't anything that i actually needed was it one of those roll top backpacks that like the, the different bikers wear? No, it wasn't that. Okay, no. then it wasn't a cool backpack. <laughs> those are dope. No, it was kind of one of the ones that like it, it's like a butterfly opening, and so it, it it's it's like a, a suitcase at the same time. Um, oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, gotcha. and so it's like was, a clamshell. Yeah, exactly. And I was super into it because I realized like when I'm traveling that instead of rolling a suitcase behind me, how cool is it? How much better uh, is it to have a backpack instead? Seems pretty rad. Uh, seems cool. So. <laughs> I bought it and then I realized, you know what? I've got a great rolling suitcase. I don't need this thing. It's not like it's something that's actually important to me. <laughs> and so, I, but, but I did kind of similar to the infomercial thing. I, I bought it because it was on sale for a limited time in the lead up to Christmas. And so I bought it and then I decided, you know what? This is not something I need. What I'm doing is I'm trying to like plug a happiness hole as opposed to actually fill a need in my life. And so I, I returned it you know, after thinking about the purchase, albeit on the back end, yeah. but, but <laughs> I just didn't need a cool travel backpack. Uh, and you know what? If, even if I decided I did after more deliberation, I could probably find it used for a much better price some, some other time somewhere else. Yeah. And when you get it used, you don't have to spend all that time ripping the tags off and removing the stickers. You know, all that takes time as yeah, well. Exactly. <laughs> Throwing away the packaging, all that stuff. Yeah, well, and Joel, something else you kind of alluded to there, right? You're talking about looking at a purchase in retrospect, like looking back at it. I want to kind of flip that on its head a little bit. And this is going to be harder to do, but we want to encourage folks to look at a purchase in the future before you make that purchase, right? Michael J. Fox style. Yeah, but for both stuff and experiences, try to look in the future and do your best to try and imagine how you're going to feel about that purchase in a couple months, how you're going to feel about it in a year, even five years down the road. If you feel even a twinge of awkward regret now, then there's a good chance that that'll definitely be the case in the future. You know, like if you don't feel 100% good about a purchase, you're, you're not going to feel good about that purchase well, in a I, month or two months or a year. And I think you can apply this one definitely to stuff and experiences. Yes. If it's yeah. a, a big time trip and a couple of your friends are going on it and you're like, I just don't feel like I have the money right now to actually make this happen, but you do it anyway, mostly out of peer pressure odds are you didn't take the step and actually look to what your future self a year or five years <laughs> from now would, would be thinking and how you feel about it. Because if you did, you'd probably have a different viewpoint and you wouldn't be as likely to kind of jump on it just because everybody else is doing it. Yeah, it makes me think of concerts as well. Like you're talking about planning and looking ahead towards a concert. Well, that's great. If you're super stoked about a concert, great. It sounds like you're all for it, right? But if it's maybe a band that you've seen before and you're kind of like well, this is what I do. But like, well, do you really have to do that? Like you've already seen them two or three times. Like how is this going to be different this time uh, in, in a few years? Are you going to feel good about the fact that you made it to that third Avid Brothers concert, Joel? Or, you know, would you have just been happy with the first two? No, I mean, <laughs> well, if we're talking Avid Brothers, dude, yeah, I, you got to go three times because they are truly one of the best live bands out there. 
totally worth seeing multiple times. I will say that. But I completely understand what you're saying. And I think if we do kind of take a little bit more of a future us perspective before we make the purchase on either experiences or stuff, we're likely to make a much better decision. Yeah, man, totally agree. And you know what? What else is so incredibly important for us to not do is to look to others. The Joneses, right? Like they've been around forever. Those jerks. <laughs> yeah, they've always existed. But social media is the enemy of being content with what we have. Instagram and the other platforms out there has taken the Joneses to an entirely different level. Uh, so, so many of the people that you know look rich, whether that be in experiences or the stuff that they own or you know take pictures of, like they aren't actually rich, and the money that they could have saved and invested towards building freedom, like instead that went out the door because of their desire to look a certain way. Man, it makes me think of Millionaire Next Door, where there's a line in there. One of the authors where they said that there are those who look rich, and then there are those who are rich. And we want to make sure that we are the ones who are, in actuality, doing smart things with our money, not those who look like that they're living the life. Yeah, yeah, completely. There's a big difference there. And we're going to be happier if we have freedom on our side, right? Not billions in the bank, but freedom on our side. Totally. And at the same time, dude, I feel like advertising has gotten so much sneakier. So with cookies and all the information that companies like Facebook and Amazon have on us, they can use some well-written algorithms to serve up really relevant ads to us consistently. So be aware of the tools also that are used to part you from your money. Maybe it's helpful to get off Instagram altogether or just use social media less or maybe install an ad blocker that prevents you from seeing some of the stuff that all these advertisers want you to see. Matt, I just saw a story the other day about Google and how they changed what the ads look like. They used to have a different color background for the ads. They've completely removed it and the ads almost blend in seamlessly with the results. It's harder to decipher what's information and what's being paid to be served up to you. Dude, I completely noticed that <laughs> earlier this week. It you know, it totally blends in. What it does though, it, it causes us to be more savvy. Like we have to be more savvy searchers, more savvy Googlers when, you know, we're hopping on there searching for whatever random stuff we're, you know, we're looking up. Like in my case, I looked up what insects create mud tubes <laughs> because I saw some mud tubes on the girls' playhouse, uh, you know, up in the rafters. Turns out it's they're called mud daubers. They're like these little wasps that they make these make these little mud tubes. Did you accidentally click the ad to find that out, or or did you scroll past and find your first good search result? Dude, I'm savvy. You're not going to catch me clicking on any of those ads. Now here's the thing, man. In the end, what we want folks to hear us say though is that stuff is not evil and experiences aren't evil either. However, there are ways that we can derive greater happiness in the ways that we pursue both of these things. If we aren't mindful in our approach, we'll turn to one or the other, or even both of these things to find happiness in our lives, but they won't be able to give us the happiness that we seek. And we're also gonna end up with less money too. Yeah, Matt, I think it's important to state that this isn't something that we don't struggle with, right? I think even folks who try to be mindful, they realize in their attempts at mindfulness that there are often times that they don't do it well. And I'm tempted too to buy a backpack that I don't actually need and then realize that I have to return it. And I'm also tempted to, to make the quick purchase on Amazon. But the more that I can incorporate these filters into my life, the more that I can be mindful about my purchases of stuff or experiences, the more joy I get out of both. Yeah, man, I think that's so key, right? Is, is that we can look to purchases and experiences and to look for ways that those things can enrich in the other areas in our lives that matter more 
we're not looking for fulfillment and joy necessarily in these items alone, but in what those things can do for the other areas of our life. Yeah, how they can impact and brighten and beautify yeah. those areas for sure. <laughs> All right, Matt, uh, speaking of beautiful, let's talk about the beer that we had on the show today. Ooh, I, I like that little transition. It was a beautiful, clear, golden beer. Yeah, sure was. The beer we had on the show today was Divided Sky, a rye IPA by Four Hands Brewing. And Matt, I don't think we've had a rye IPA on the show yet. So what was your take on this one? Yeah, it's been a minute. So for me, anytime I have a rye IPA, it always has this sort of like spicy character to it. Yeah. Like pepper. Like that's what I always kind of come back to because it feels a little bit dry, but it's not spicy hot, but it just kind of has like this kind of pepperiness to it. So it definitely had that going on, but then it also had this nice balance between like the floral hops as well as like a multi-body classic IPA but with just like a little bit of black pepper cracked into it. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of cracked black pepper, by the way. So yeah, I got some of those nice spicy rye notes going on. And then also at the same time, I, f- I thought some kind of piney hop notes with that malt background. And, and so yeah, it was a really interesting flavor profile. I really dug it. And it's not every day you, that you have a rye IPA. They just, just not many people make them. So it was fun to get to try this one. So big thanks to our listener, Justin, for sending this one our way. Yeah, Justin, thanks so much for that beer, man. We really appreciate it. So Joel, that's going to be it for this episode. Our listeners can head over to our website at howtomoney.com where you can find our show notes as well as some of the other articles and resources that we've been working on. Yeah. And if you're a longtime listener and you are still nervous to talk about money with your friends, well, you know what? Why not tell a friend about the show you've been listening to and the things you've been learning about money? Telling your friend about a podcast you're into is the quickest way to spread the word. And it can also kind of open up those money conversations with friends that can be so impactful. So yeah, maybe sharing this episode or another one with a friend could be great for that relationship. And it also really helps our show at the same time. So we appreciate all of our listeners so much. Thank you for the ways you support our show. All right, Matt, that's going to be it for this episode. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? 
Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.